Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome again to church. And uh, I'm excited about this series. I'm gonna open up with a Joe story and do my best to share this story. But this is from my early Christian walk, the first several years. And um, when I first accepted Jesus, it, it wasn't the same for all my brothers. It was for myself and a couple of brothers. But we were living, my brother Mike and I, we were living so badly and so in so much sin that when we accepted Jesus, it was like we were on a, I was on a two to three month honeymoon. And what I mean by that is I, I didn't commit any known sins for two or three months. And I know I did. I know if I put myself up to Jesus, I was. But I mean, I, I didn't do anything. I was just living like great. And then two to three months into it, I began to fall back into old sins. And I began to just struggle with sins <laughs> and uh, just really struggle with them and all kinds. And I found myself just being extremely frustrated. So uh, some Christian friends show me 1 John 1, 9. You know what that says? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But I found myself praying that 50 times a day. And then I found myself coming to a place where I wondered, man, if Jesus comes back, I'm in big trouble, right? Because of sermons I heard, I'll mention that to you as we go a little further. So I came to this place where I, I almost walked away from God as a young Christian because I felt like I can't live this life and I might as well just quit because all I did was walk in total shame and condemnation. I came to church and felt like a hypocrite. And I didn't understand what I'm going to teach today. Many of you understand it, but I wanna help take all of us up to the next level. It's so easy to slip, isn't it? It's easy to slip in our walk. And I wanna definitely highlight the wonderful grace of God as we go through this message on this weekend, which it's, it's gonna change our life. But it reminds me of the Bible story of the children of Israel. Remember, they were slaves for hundreds of years in Egypt. Then God delivered them. Now they're in the wilderness, and he said, I promise you the land of Canaan. So he wants to take them in weeks after they're delivered. And so he has 10 spy, 12 spies go in, uh, one from each tribe. And then they come back with their report. It was an evil report. And 10 of them had the bad report. And all of Israel agreed with them. They said, we wanna go back to Egypt. We don't wanna be part of this promised land. Just take us back. Can you imagine that, wanting to go back into slavery? And so God said, because of that, this generation will not enter the promised land. He said, your carcasses will fall in the wilderness and it's gonna be your children that goes in. Well, the beautiful picture for us, guys, the image is this, that we have to die in how we think. Our thinking has to change or we're never going to walk in freedom when it comes to any type of sin anywhere in our life. If we're gonna walk in freedom, our, the way we look at life has to change, our thought life has to change, and we have to begin to think differently. And that's what that younger generation represented. It's them having a new way of looking at life. And this is paper cuts, this is about the power of the Bible. So uh, with all that being said, allow me to read our theme scripture. It's here, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God, the Bible, is alive and powerful, the only book in the world that's living and full of power. It goes on to say it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Using a natural example, swords penetrate deep into flesh, right? He goes on to say, cutting between soul and spirit. That's your inner man. We are spirit. We possess the soul, mind, will, and emotions. And he says the word was designed to go deep inside you. He goes on to say between joint and marrow, listen to this, it exposes our innermost 
thoughts, and desires. It's the only book on the planet that reads us while we're reading it, and it's designed to be planted deep in our heart. It's designed to grow inside of us and to change us like we've never been changed before. So I titled this lesson, it's a unique title, and I'll show you the scriptures I titled it from and then just tell you what the title is. But listen to the 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in, your, in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good works among you. Listen to the next verse. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the results of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. So the Bible, you know, when I was growing up, it was all paper, now it's digital. Whether it's paper or digital, we need it, and it's on this page, and it's beautiful. But God designed it to be written inside of our hearts. And he's using the example of the Ten Commandments and how God wrote with his finger on those two stones, the Ten Commandments. And he's saying, now here's what God's wanting to do with us Christians. He's wanting to write the beautiful parts of the Bible, the ones that have life. They all have life, but they're specific ones, and I'll talk about that as we go. He literally wants to write them on the inside of you, and that's what brings spiritual growth. I had to come to learn spiritual growth is a process. It doesn't happen all overnight. And also, I had to come to learn, guys, that I have to work a few principles in order for it to work in my life, and we'll talk about that. But I always give a big idea if you're visiting Man, big idea is designed to help you understand what I want you to walk out of this lesson, understanding more clearly than you have ever understood. So here's the big idea. You ready? The Bible in us changes us. And if we can get it inside of us, it's alive and powerful. It will change us, mature us, and grow us, and God will work with it. It's amazing. It will change your life forever. The first thing I want to do is introduce us to a term that oftentimes in Christianity, uh, not all churches, we have some great churches in our valley, but so many churches, guys. I wanna make sure you don't think I'm saying we're elite because we're not. A lot of great pastors out there, especially in our valley. But what I am trying to say is there's so many churches that get it wrong. And the term is sanctification. And sanctification is twisted and misunderstood, and sanctification is referring to the process of becoming holy, becoming holier and holier or more and more pure. So some churches, they grab that, and you know how they tell you to be sanctified? They make a list of do's and don'ts, and you've got to do these. Well, that's what the law of Moses did, and remember the Bible says God gave us the law to show us we have a sin problem, and that's that's not going to set you free. The do's are still important, but God wants you to do them through a different means as a Christian. So listen to this verse scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4, 2 and 3. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, made holy, that you should avoid sexual immorality. So he's dealing with one particular thing here. But notice the phrase that you should be sanctified or made holy, listen to this, in your lifestyle. God says, I want it to come out. I want it to show in your everyday lives. And becoming pure sexually would be one of many, many ways. And guys, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's just amazing to me. He's talking about a specific thing. But in all this, you know what he's saying? He's saying, I want you to begin to live the life 
that I saved you into. And it's called the sanctification. It's a beautiful thing. And so in order for us to do this, guys, there's three simple principles. Here's the first one. You ready? We are sanctified so we can be sanctified. And if you've been here a couple years or more, you've heard me teach messages similar to this. Don't shut me off because this will change your life. We have to hear these things and be reminded of them over and over. So listen to this one more time. We are sanctified so we can be sanctified. As a young Christian, I was trying to be sanctified or become holy, and I didn't realize I'm already holy. And in order to be holy in our lifestyle, we have to know we're holy. So you can't live sanctified until you know you are sanctified. So if you don't know you're sanctified over in Borman or in Warren here or online, you'll never walk it. You have to come to know it's already happened. Then you can walk in a type of freedom. Listen, listen if you would, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. And notice what it says, past tense, you are sanctified. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus just means when you accept Christ, you're in him. Listen to this, and called to be holy, that's the same word, sanctified, and called to be holy or live holy, uh, the holy people of God, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Guys, We have to know we're sanctified before we'll ever be sanctified. You have to know what happened when you accepted Jesus and the freedom that God purchased you. And I'm gonna try to help help you do my best with that. And I'm gonna share a verse of scripture now, a couple verses, that when I was a young Christian, these verses scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. And I'll tell you why. Back then, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have the internet. So the only preachers I listened to were my pastor, And then whenever I was driving in my car, I'd listen to Christian radio. So it was potluck. Whatever you had to drive, that's who you got to listen to. And then some very few TV guys back then in in, in the late 70s, early 80s. So I was was hearing some preachers that made me feel like I'm not even going to go to heaven. That's how bad it was. And I would sit and listen to them come on to verses like we're going to read next and wonder if I was even able to go to heaven. And it scared me thinking, oh no, and I'll tell you what it did in my life. So you guys ready? (laughs) Ready? Cover the ears of your kids because we have to read this. All right, here it is. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Or do do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God or go to heaven? So it always reminds me of President Bush. Remember when he used to say, we're gonna get those evildoers and we're gonna make them pay. And so when I read wrongdoers, I think of the evildoers out there. So the first part of it, guys, it got me, because wrongdoers just means anything you do. And I, I, I just thought, whoa, I, I do wrong every day of my life, especially, you know, when I was a young Christian. So I thought, oh, no, I can't go to heaven, right? And these preachers are preaching it with their fingers, you, you sinners. And then, listen, listen to this. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, I struggle with that, nor idolaters. Um, You know, idolatry is when you worship a statue, but then they would say, man, if you have any idols in your life, any kind of idols, I had all kind of idols, man, sports and money and everything when I was a young Christian, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, verse 10, nor thieves, nor the greedy, and I still was dealing with greed back then, nor drunkards, I was... After I accepted Jesus, I got drunk a few times after that. Uh, It goes, nor slanderers, 
I was a professional slanderer. I went pro with slander. That just means to gossip, man. And I was so good at it. I was a professional gossiper. And then, then nor swindlers. I wasn't swindling, thank God. Uh, and then it goes on and says, we'll inherit the kingdom of God. And they would preach these sermons and say, you're not going to heaven. You better use 1 John 1, 9. You better repent. If Jesus comes right now, you're not going to go. And if you die, you're not going to go. So it's like, whenever I sin, I, as soon as I sin, I say, sorry, Father. <laughs> I kind of knew I was going to say sorry before I did it. But I just did it just so now I'm washed in the blood. If you confess your sins, you're faithful and just. Uh, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I didn't know that was a cleanse your conscience verse. You know, I thought that was a stay out of hell verse. So I got to a place, and I'm, I'm, now this is what's really important. Listen to this. Listen, listen. I got to the same place. I came to the same place where I was before I was a Christian. Do you know before I was a Christian, I'd hear these things in church? And I came to the place where I said, you know what? I'm not going to make heaven. I, I'm such, I was such a bad sinner. I said, I'm not going. So if I'm not going, I might as well have fun. And I just went nuts living as sinful a life as one can live. And I figured if I can't go, uh, and I'm gonna, if I'm going to go anyway, I might as well have a good time while I, before I go. And, and I didn't understand the Bible at all. But here's what's sad. Here I am, a new Christian, had my honeymoon two, three months, and now I'm struggling, and I'm so sincere, and I so want to live right, but I don't know how. I'm trying with all my strength, but I cannot. And I came to a place two, three years old into my walk where I said, you know what? I might as well just walk away from God again. If I'm going to go to hell, because he's going to get me. Sooner or later, I'm going to sin and not have time to repent, and something's going to happen. I'm getting a car accident or something. And, and so I thought, I might as well just walk away from God. And I almost walked. Just think about this. I almost walked away from church. How many future Pastor Joes are there that have walked away from church? How many future yous are there that have walked away from church because we don't understand? We have to know we're sanctified to be sanctified. And, and we have to understand, guys, this is a process that doesn't happen overnight. Listen to, listen to the next verse, guys. I, I don't think I read this verse to you yet. I got all carried away. So this is what those preachers did to me. But then I read the verse, next verse. Here's the following verse. You ready? Verse 11. And that is what some of you were, past tense, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So the Two verses above are talking about non-Christians, and no, they're not going to go anywhere, but then he comes to the Christians. Do you know that he, you know what he said to the Corinthians? He said, you're the most carnal church that I started. He goes, you guys are sinful. And read first verses, chap, chapters one, two, three, four, read them. These guys were practicing all kinds of sin, but even in spite of all that, he goes on and says, that's what some of you were. In other words, he's telling them, this is how the non-Christians live. And they're not going anywhere near heaven because they need washed with the blood. But you've been washed with the blood and you're never gonna walk free and be able to live a life that pleases God, live a life that's holy till you understand something. So I'm gonna read it one more time now. You ready? And that is what some of you were. Not even, not all of them weren't sinning at that level. Here we go. You ready? Bourbon? Online? Born? But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means when you accepted Jesus by the Spirit of God. And we haven't done this for a while last week. It's been a long time. Borman Warren online, give some, give some thumbs up. Can we give it up here, Warren? Borman, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. When I saw that, I realized, okay, okay. God, you know I wanna please you. And, and God, I'm gonna try my best. And guess what happened? I began to do better. I began to do better. One of the first things I did as a young Christian is I memorized the 10 commandments and I sinned more because <laughs> the Bible says the power of sin is the law. <laughs> so if you focus on the wrong thing, you're gonna struggle. You don't wanna focus on the wrong thing. You wanna focus on the fact that you are free, sanctified, and holy. You cannot be sanctified till you know you're sanctified. That's why the Bible in us changes us. Here's my second principle. A sanctified life is a Bible-filled life. If you can just put the Bible in you and write it on your hearts, you'll begin to walk it out. And it's not gonna be you, it's gonna be God. Listen to this prayer. Jesus prayed this powerful prayer in John 17. He's praying for Christians at that time and future Christians. He said in John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth, Father. Your word is truth. So the Bible is truth. And guess what it does? It sanctifies us. We were sanctified the first time when we accepted Jesus. I like to say, when I accepted Jesus, there was a God explosion inside of me. It caused me to have a two, three-month honeymoon. But then I had to begin to put the Bible in me for God to be able to do what he wants to do. I had to stop focusing on trying not to sin and focusing on who I was and what God did in my life. So remember, the Bible says in the New Testament, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. That's all the wonderful things that happened when we accepted Jesus. So here, I'll show you a couple of verses about putting the word of God inside of us. Proverbs 4.20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. And he was giving him scriptures. Now understand, I'm dealing with the principle, okay? Back then it was the Old Testament they were memorizing. And do you know what God said to us? He said, the Old Testament, all the law, I gave it to you to lead you to Christ to make sure you understand you have a sin problem. That's the purpose of the lie. You have a sin problem, you need a savior. But now we're gonna put the right word in us. He says, do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. The New Living Translation says, let them penetrate deep within you. We write them here. We, our life is a letter, right? We write it inside of us. And guys, it changes everything when you and I place the Bible inside us. So I did something for you. You know, if you're watching online, you can, you can uh, just click notes and everything that comes up on PowerPoint will come up. I had them add 12 additional scriptures. You won't see them on, in, in, in this lesson today, but we added 12 additional scriptures and they're the kind of scriptures you wanna write on your heart. And I'll tell you how to do it in a moment, but I want you to read with me the next two verses. Listen to the verse 22. For they, the word of God, uh, they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Now listen to this, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from in here, right? Right there, that's where it flows from, your inner man. Uh, two parts, I wanna emphasize the first part. Above all else, guard your heart. You know what he's saying? Whatever you focus on is going to grow inside you. Remember what Jesus said in the parable of the sower? He said, the thorny ground is, are those that hear the word of God, but the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things enter in and they choke the word of God. So anything can grow in here, and it's all about what we focus on. That's why he says, protect yourself. So tell you a couple stories to, to bring it home, okay? Um, at the end of 2018, I found myself watching the news, and, and I would just begin to scream at the TV. 
I get so mad at what the, some of the commentators said. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. I have a relative who's on the other side of the aisle than I am, and we both were doing the same thing, you know, because uh, it's just going to anger you no matter what your political beliefs are. And Gina walked in the room. Once you guys have heard me say this before, and she just said, honey, I can't take it anymore. You're ruining the atmosphere of our home. And it's just so negative. She says, can you watch that in your home office or something, you know? And I'm like, in the living room, it's comfortable. Uh, so I got to praying about it because I realized I shouldn't be screaming at the screen. And I like my screen too much to break and throw something at it. So, so, but I'm just, so God, I feel dealt with my heart and I decided I'm not gonna watch any news in 2019. But I didn't dig a hole and put my head in it. I found headlines online, and I just read the headlines. I didn't hear, have to hear anybody's political points of view. I just wanted to know what's going on in the nation so I can pray. And that was one of the best years of my Christian life. I stopped feeding on all that, right? But then COVID-19 hit, and I thought, I've got to read, i got to watch the news and find out what's going, so, going on. So I began to watch it, and the first four weeks, it got so bad. It was like I turned that news on, and it's like, we're all going to die, and this is going to kill you, and the America will never be the same. And it's like, I just had to stop watching that because I said, this killing me, right? So I just stopped watching, but I kept an eye on the headlines, right? Because these poor newscasters, they, they were oppressed and depressed, and I thought, I don't need to feed on that all day, right? And so then I stopped, but then... George Floyd happened, and then I wanted to see what's going on around our nation, and then I'm watching everything that's going on, like so many of you do, and then that was bugging the heck out of me, and so I thought, I'm not going gonna, I'm, I'm to put my head in the ground, in the sand, I'm not going to bury it, but I'm not watching this every night, and so I just look at headlines, and I pray, and I pray. I had to protect myself. When I was a young Christian, um, and, and it's not bad to listen to secular music, but I was listening to some that had the wrong words in them, and they were wanting me to, they were making me want to sin because I'm just feeding on them, you know? It's like, it's, whatever you listen to will, will just fill you up, right? So what he's saying is you're, you're the guardian of your heart. That's why I'm not giving you a list today. I'm just telling you, if, if the wrong thing's getting in you, it will grow in you too, and it will choke out the right thing. So that's why he says, guard your heart, Guard it. He goes on to say, for everything you do flows from it. Bring that back up on the screen if it's not. For everything you do flows from it. The King James Bible says, the issues of life come out. The Amplified says, flow the springs of life. Where do they come out of? Your heart. Now, this is an interesting word, and I'm not going to throw Hebrew on you and make you remember words, but I did a word study on this years ago. I thought, I'm trying to figure out what this word means. And do you know every other place in the Old Testament, Hebrew is the Old Testament, and Greek is the New Testament translated from, but everywhere this is used in your Old Testament, it's used in connection to boundaries. Did you know that? And here's an example. Uh, when God's uh, giving out the boundaries for the, the land of Canaan to the diff different tribes, he'd say to one tribe, and your boundaries will stretch out this far. Same Hebrew word. And so I got to thinking about that. And you know what God's saying? You and I create the boundaries of our life. We create how free we are. We create how far we can go by what we fill our hearts with. And I just got so excited because I thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna fill myself with the right thing and I'm gonna knock out all those crazy things and all the negative things and the sinful things. And I'm just gonna write the good things on my heart. And it's not, guys, listen, 
I still live in the world, and there's a lot of things I like uh, in the world, right? I, I listen to some secular songs. Some, I gotta be honest, sometimes I put on the 70s tunes, and you know, that's my air. It's like, just makes me feel good sometimes. But I'm not listening to the crazy songs, right? Uh, with bad lyrics. But you create and determine the boundaries in your life. And if you wanna be Mr. or Mrs. Oppressed, that's up to you. If you wanna be Mr. or Mrs. Free, that's up to you. And if you put the life of God in you, it will change you forever. So how do you do it? Well, I found a scripture. I'm using the Message Bible. Uh, it's one of my favorite places, Psalm 1. So let's read it. Here we go, Psalm 1, verse 1. How well God must like you. And all that phrase means is God's pleased with you because of what you're doing. Listen, uh, you don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along dead-end road. You don't go to smart mouth college. And it's not saying colleges are wrong. Can I translate? If I, were, if I were one of the translators and I'm not a scholar, I would have picked some different examples. But here's all they're doing, guys. Here's all they're saying. You don't let yourself in the wrong atmosphere that's gonna fill you with gunk. That's all it's saying. But then listen to the next verse, verse two. Instead, you thrill to God's word, the Bible. You chew on scripture day and night. You're a tree replanted in Eden. The literal Hebrew says you're like a tree re replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. I want you to think about this. You can be going through the biggest storm you've ever gone through and life is coming out of you. That's what the Bible's teaching. You're, you're just full of life. Uh, the sun can be beating down on you, which is a type of just hard times, and you still have green leaves and flowers coming out of you. You know what I'm saying? That's what the Bible's saying, guys. But listen to what it says, verse two. You chew on the scriptures day and night. Many translations say you meditate on the Bible. My, my granddaughter, you'll hear some one-year-old granddaughter stories because one-year-olds do a lot of funny things. And so she loves blueberries and she'll take blueberries and she'll have them in her fist, but she just keeps eating them. You think she's eating them, but then her cheeks, she, it's like a chipmunk. She'll have 20 blueberries in her cheeks, right? And, she, and then every now and then she, she chews on one and you go, she still has food in her mouth. Yeah, she still has full of blueberries, man. And, and we don't, we don't, we don't want to be like Ophelia. We want to chew our food, right? Our scriptures. I like this because the idea is, man, just like we would chew on food, chew on the scriptures. What does it mean to chew? Well, the word just means to think about, to say, or to mutter. And it's just thinking about and saying. So when you listen to a message like this, and I've read some cool scriptures in this message, guys, we are sanctified. You are holy, right? All that happened. That's, that's one you want to memorize. Um, all I'm talking about is getting the key scriptures and planting them in here. So how do you do it? Here's what I did and I still do as a young Christian. And back then we didn't have digital. Now we have digital. But I would write down a verse. And I like one verse at a time. Sometimes you have to go two because it won't make sense. But I go look for those one verses that are powerful. And I just write it down. And then I wake up in the morning and I read it a couple times. That's how you chew on it. And then somewhere in the middle of the day, I read it again. And then at night before I go to bed, I read it again. I used to have sheets just on, right next to my bed. Um, and, and then I would memorize it in a day because I, I just read it to myself over and over. But then the next day, here's how, here's how, now I have it memorized and I'm shaving and I just pull that baby back up and I just think about it while I'm shaving. Just make myself think about it. We're not, we can do it anywhere. I'm driving in the car and I'm just thinking about that one script. Now that's not all I do. I don't want you to think I'm just this 
Christian that has my head in the clouds 24 hours. No, but every now and then I pull it up and I just chew on it. I go to bed at night and I think about it. Now I have so many, I can just pull them up and just think about them. And what's happening? You're writing it in here. Boy, it's so much healthier than just watching a log of negativity all day, right? It's so much healthier than some of the atmospheres we put ourselves in. And all that does is it writes it deep inside of us. But now we got to make sure, listen, we don't make it homework. I'm a task-oriented, driven guy. I I have an issue there. Um, It'll help you grow a big church and help you grow a big business and help you be successful. But I can make everything a task, and I, I take the joy out of it. And so I found myself, even with Scripture, taking the joy out of it. Like, I didn't do my homework. And then, and then I think, oh, no, God's mad at me. I didn't do that today. God loves you. He loved you before you accepted Jesus. So please, don't say that. And, and so I just made it a life thing. And I just I want to read that because it's full of life. But here's my third principle. You guys ready? Remember, the Bible in us changes us. Here it is. A sanctified life relies on God's life. In other words, this is a God thing, not a me thing. This is the grace of God. And here's cool scripture, Philippians 1, 4, and 5. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Here, 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 here's the money verse, verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So the good work began when you accepted Jesus. For me, for all of us, explosion inside. Uh, my brother Jim and I talk about this often. Jim was the kind of guy, when, you know, when we were young, he would have went to heaven. If you could go by works, he could have went there. If you had to go by works, I wasn't going anywhere near it. And so, uh, you know, and when Jim accepted Jesus, he didn't have that same level of explosion because he was already a pretty good kid. It was there, but not my level. When I met Jesus, it was amazing. It's like someone turned lights on. But guys, guess what? Here's the promise. Can I, can I make sure we... God said, I promise you, the work I started, I will finish. And let me tell you the comfort that gives me as a pastor. The work I started, I will finish. So that's why I pray for you guys. And I just thank God that he's the one doing the work. We just give him a little material, the word of God. So I posted, I'm gonna share one more scripture and then we're gonna pray. I posted um, a scripture on my Facebook page, I don't know, four or five weeks ago. And if you're not my friend on Facebook, Facebook, befriend me. I want to be friends with you. So befriend me, right? Okay. Um, but this, this, I, I, I prefaced it with some things I said, and then I shared the scripture. I think I got more likes off of this and more shares. Now, the only thing that comes close is pictures of your grandkids, right? But, but guys, listen to this. Philippians 2.13. For God is at work within you. This is written to Christians helping you want to obey him and helping you do what he wants. Now, that's what you have to understand. This is a God thing. And we have to know, because we are sanctified, we can be sanctified. We have to know the Bible in us sanctifies us. But then we have to know, guys, this is not homework. This is God who's going to do the work inside of us. And it's a process. I have to do this one more time because I'm excited. Can we just give it up and say thank you, God? Borman, Warren, guys, online, emojis, smiley faces, thumbs up. Yay! Woo! That was good. That's, that's good stuff. Now, I want to pray, and I want to pray for everyone. So here's a, let's bow our heads, close our eyes online, hook up. I want to pray for everybody. Lord, right now, I lift each and every one of us up in Borman and Warren.
online, on demand later. We thank you that these prayers live. Lord, we thank you for this message. Many of us know these things, but open up our eyes further. And Lord, we thank you that we are sanctified. Help us see it more clearly. Lord, energize us by the Holy Spirit and give everyone listening grace to take a simple scripture and begin to chew on it, Lord. We thank you for what that life does inside of us. And Lord, as we pray, I pray for anyone that's maybe spending too much time in the wrong atmosphere. As they go through the week, show them, this is an atmosphere you need to calm it down in. We're the guardians, Lord. Show us you need to shut this door and fill yourself with some other things. We know not all things are bad, Lord. We know we can watch and do some things, but show us if there's any problems. And Lord, I thank you for doing what only you can do. We rejoice in the fact that the work you started, you will finish. And we thank you for putting godly desires in us, Lord, and godly strength to do everything we need to do. We thank you, Father. May you never become homework. May we have a living, vibrant relationship with you. And guys, I want you to stay in that attitude of prayer. I wanna take a moment and speak to some of you that maybe you're not even sure of your eternity. It was so cool last week to be back and see people that accepted Christ right in our service here in Warren. That was really cool. But I wanna to speak to everybody online, in Boardman, in Warren. Right now I'm asking you, can you remember the day when you accepted Christ and that work began? Growing up in America, we all know who he is. So I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult, all great things. That's the cart and you don't wanna put it before the horse. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when you made it personal and you prayed and said, Jesus, I realize you're the only way to heaven and I accept you as my savior. That's what caused that inner explosion in me. That's what brought me into Christianity. And it has to happen in all of our lives. So for those of you that are listening right now, you say, I can't remember that day in this room, in Borman online. Why not pray with me right now? And everyone else in the rooms in Borman and Warren, we're gonna help you pray. So say this after me. Say, Father, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. Jesus, I realize you're the son of God. You've always existed. And this day, I believe you died for the sins of the entire world. I receive you as my savior. I place faith in you and I make a decision this day to follow you. Amen. Now heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Uh, guys, if you prayed that prayer, miracles happened. You may not have felt anything, but, but it did. Guess what else happened? The Bible says if one person on planet earth accepts Jesus, God himself, think about it, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they begin to celebrate and all of heaven follows with them. So here at Believers, we wanna be able to celebrate. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Those of you that are in Boardman and Warren, we're not gonna ask you uh, to get out of your seats. Here's what I do wanna ask you though. If you prayed that prayer, can you let us know by simply raising your hand? Just lift your hand up. Our ushers wanna give you a Bible. Guys, um, keep it up till they get you the Bible. And congratulations to those of you that are praying online. Listen, you see the number on the screen? 
Just type believe to that number. And you can even do it in this room. And then we'll know you accepted Christ. We'll be able to celebrate. We'll actually send you a free Bible. And the rest of us are praying. You say, hey, I didn't receive my Bible. Just lift your hands up. Congratulations to you guys. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.